seriously, they, in the back before I walked up here, the reason I was coming up, they said, is there any way we can get a picture from the front? I said, duh. <laughs> that was a good one right there. Okay. My name is Brian Starr, and I, you don't have to leave yet. I am so glad to be here today. Uh, this is my fourth time to speak to the assembled mob today. My voice is about shot. But I want to tell you all, especially those of you who are visiting, the college ministry at, at the Valley View Church of Christ is exploding. And it's growing. And I know for a fact that they would welcome you here with open arms to be a part of what's going on with all of these young people here. And I do say young people, even though I'm addressing this to college students, because, you know, us older folks, you guys are a lot younger. Now, I still in my mind think that I could go out and do anything that you all can do. I probably could. <laughs> I'm not going to show you, but I could. You guys going into college, how many freshmen are here? Raise your hand. Heaven help you. You especially freshmen are going to be facing things in the next few months that you may have never heard before. You're going to be facing things that you've maybe never had to face before. You're away from mom and dad, and now you've got your wings, you're trying out your wings, and things are going to happen, and there's going to be circumstances that you may find yourself wondering, do I need to be involved with that, or do I not? How can I get some help? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How can I get some help with what I'm facing? That's why as a collective group, you guys need to have each other's backs. Because I can tell you that the congregation here has got your back. There's a support system here. If Purple Haze starts playing, I'm going to just throw down. <laughs> that was our tribute to Jimi Hendrix. We appreciate you all being here. Some of the ones that look like, who? But this congregation has got your backs, and you need to have each other's backs. But most importantly, once you are a Christian, God's got your back. And collectively as this group, we're going to get into the point of being standing firm in the fire because in college, especially those of you who are freshmen, freshmen that this is a new experience, you're going to be in the front lines of the fire. And it sure is going to be nice to turn around and look at the person next to you and see them around campus someplace. Maybe in the same social club. Maybe in the same fraternity or in the same sorority. Whatever you may be involved with, but it's going to be really nice to look over there and see somebody else that's sitting in here today that's got your back. I want to tell you about a youth group way back in the day. 
The nation of Israel was under Babylonian captivity. And there was a group of guys that worked their way up in the courts and, and Daniel kind of had their back and Daniel kind of recommended them for the job. And these three guys worked their way up and that they were, they were pretty hefty people in the government. They had responsibilities. But they also had each other's backs. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's found in Daniel the third chapter. Now in Daniel the third chapter we meet these three guys. We've talked about them before. Daniel has recommended them and now they're in this position. King Nebuchadnezzar puts out a decree. Alright folks, we're going to build this big golden idol. Now whenever the horn sounds, everybody wherever you're at, you've got to stop what you're doing, bow down, and worship that idol. The horns are going to play, the cymbals are going to play, the harps are going to play, the guys are going to blow the horns. It's just going to be a whole big noisy mess. But when it happens, you're going to know it. Whatever you do, you stop and you bow down at this God. Well, sure enough, this decree went out across the land. Sure enough, everybody starts playing on their harps and their cymbals and their stringed instruments and all that stuff and making all the racket that they want to make. Everybody bows down and they start worshiping this God that they've created, this idol that they've created. Except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, some of the other guys that didn't like them in their position, because remember, they got promoted into this position. Some other guys just said, man, that ain't right. And they went running off to the king. Hey, king, guess what? When, you, when the horns blew and the trumpets sounded and the horns blew and all the stringed instruments went, everything happened. Them three guys over there, they didn't bow down. Go get them. King had made this promise to anybody that if you do not bow down to this god, you're going to get thrown in the fire. You're going to get thrown in the furnace, and we're going to burn you alive. That would be kind of where we get down to where, do we, is it okay? Because I'm, I'm going in and out, and I don't know where my voice is at, so I'm trying to, we'll just. No. No, because I've got the clicker too. Plus, I got to count everybody. They told me I got to count. Are we cooking? We cooking now? Better? Okay, that's gooder. I didn't know what to do with the extra umbilical cord. All right. <clears throat> so, <can> you <laughs> one person got it. Awesome. <laughs> You're going to love the show later, honey. All right. So, King says, if you don't do what I say, you're going in the fire. So that's kind of where there's some pressure on everybody to do 
what the king says. Kind of like what you're going to get to do when you go off to school and there's going to be a whole lot of pressure on you to do things that you know you don't need to do. See, from the get-go, they knew that there was going to be circumstances, there was going to be consequences for the deal. If we don't do this, we risk the king throwing us in the furnace. But they stood firm. And they looked to each other. And we're going to get to a couple verses that I absolutely love in this whole story. That kind of says that we looked at each other for support the very same way that you young people need to look for each other. Because there's going to be situations in the not-too-distant future that you all are going to be in that position. Do I compromise what's right so I can just be like the crowd? Or do I make the stand and say, no, I'm going to stand where God wants me to stand? That decision's going to be yours. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Those of you, any, who's the seniors? Tell the freshmen it's happened. Hmm? It wasn't rhetorical, honey. She said, she didn't really want an answer. It's going to happen. Now you're going to have to decide, am I going to stand or I'm going to fold? But if I stand, wouldn't it be great if somebody was standing beside me? See, these three friends were there for each other, and they knew it. They knew what each one believed. They knew what each one was going to say and what each one was going to do. So sure enough, they all come ratting them out to the king. Hey, these three guys, these three, they didn't bow down. King, you know what you said you were going to do? <whistles> Throw them in the fire. Bring them to me. So they haul them in in front of the king. Now, they are standing in front of somebody that has the power of life and death right in front of them. You talk about some pressure. I can picture the three of them there shoulder to shoulder. King. King says, hey, did y'all not get the memo? When the horns blow and the stringed instruments play and everybody hand clangs and all the rackets made, you're supposed to bow down. And if you don't, you get thrown in the furnace. Did y'all not get that memo? This is where it gets awesome. In verse number 16 of Daniel, the third chapter, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We have no need to answer you. We, three of us, I knew where they're at. I got my support with me. Shadrach looks at Meshach, looks at Abednego. We in this, we in it. King, we ain't got no answer for you. We ain't going uh, uh, to... Now what happened? We. We. They had their support group. The three of them were together. They were of one mind. They knew what they were going to do. They wouldn't know what line they would cross. They knew that there was no way they were going to bow down to this idol that this king is saying. Oh, listen, did you not understand? You can be killed for not doing this. 
we don't have nothing to say to you about this matter. And it goes on in verse number uh, 17. It says, if that is the case, our God whom we serve, who we serve, we. Shadrach didn't just say, hey, I'm not with them too. I don't know what they're saying, king. They're crazy. No, we serve a God who's going to take care of us. He is able to deliver us from that burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand. But if he doesn't, let it be known that we do not serve your gods. We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Straight up in the king's face. Hit me with your best shot, king, because my God's bigger than anything you got. He can deliver us from the fire. And if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're going down serving him. We are not going to bow down to you. We're not going to bow down to your gods. I don't care what kind of pressure you put on us. We. Never once does any one of them say it's me, it's I. They were in it together. When you guys get in it together, you are there for each other. When you guys are together, there's great things happen. How many times are you sitting in your room at night and you're all alone and it's just you? Mom and dad are hours away and I've got this internet that I can look at anything I want to look at. And you do. Would you look at it with the people sitting to your left and right sitting next to you? Would you pull it up on the internet? That's where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are. They drew the line. And they said, we're not crossing that line. We are a support system. And our God, bigger than anything you got. Of course, we know the rest of the story at this point. King loses his mind. He goes bananas. It says the very image of him, the vestige of him completely changed. He became so enraged, he looked different. He was so ticked off. The pure insolence of these people standing in front of me, the king, in front of these people listening, saying, you got the wrong dudes. We ain't doing it. He cranks up the fire seven times hotter than it was ever designed to be. So hot that when the guys go to throw them in the fire, the guys that throw them in the fire get burned up standing outside the thing. And then one of them guys in the back said, King, you got to see this. <laughs> Come here, you ain't going to believe this. They in there walking around. 
Looks like somebody's with them. Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Come here, guys. And they walk out of the furnace. They walked out of the furnace. And they're standing there. What? Bible says their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. No soot on them. Nothing. They come out just as clean as they went in, and they all tied fresh. How many of you just sat around a campfire ever in your life? You may be 10 foot from the campfire. You go to bed that night, you smell like the campfire. You go home, wash your clothes, they still smell like campfire. I wasn't even in the fire. They came out of the fire clean. What's up? And at that point, the king says, "Uh uh-oh, we got a situation. Let this new decree go out. (laughs) From now on, we will worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mic drop. Boom. They stood up as a team, as a youth group, if you want to call them that. They weren't about your age. These were not old guys. These were young people like you. This is your age people standing there up to the biggest force that they could face. And they said, we're not going to do it. Because they were together. And they knew who God was. Do you know who God is? So why? Why did they send them out like that? Why was there three? Well, let's jump over, if we can, to Luke, the 10th chapter. Now Jesus is on board, and he's getting ready to send disciples out to start spreading the word, start preaching to them. So over in Luke, the 10th chapter, it says that they sent them out two by two. And he gave them strict marching orders. He says, when you guys go out, you're going to go out. Don't take any money with you. Just the clothes on your back, basically. But there are going to be two of you going out. Well, I wonder why Jesus would do that. Why would he send two of them out? Because there's two of them. And they're there as a support for each other. They're there when things go wrong because in the next line, Jesus says, you're going out as lambs going out amongst the wolves. You're being sent off to college right now. You're going to go out in the world. You're leaving the safety nest of the discipleship of those, that close-knit group of Jesus and his close buddies. You're leaving out of this now. Now it's time to put the rubber on the highway. Now's when you're going to go out and you're going to start talking to everybody. Now's when you're going to start going out into cities. You're going to start telling them about what I've told you. Oh, and there's going to be people out there going to try to eat you up. Now how long would that last? How long would you last if you got those marching orders and it was just you? But how much better is it when you know that somebody's right beside you and we're going out and we're doing this? That's the importance of this group right here. 
That's the importance that you play in each other's lives. You can play that role. You should play that role. The person on your left, the person on your right, the person in front of you, the person behind you, if you see them on campus, if you see them in a restaurant, if you see them wherever, you need to be able to look at them and say, I hope you're having a great day today. What have you been struggling with? I'm telling you what, it's been a rough day for me, brother. It's been a rough day, sister, but let's work on it together. Let's work about it. And it's better when I know that there's somebody out there that's got my back, when it's not just me out there amongst the wolves. John 16, 33. I mentioned this verse this morning. <clears throat> this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because this is Jesus shooting straight with us. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. He flat out tells his disciples. Now, he's just getting ready to send them out two by two. You guys are going out, and you're going to start spreading the word. You're going to start going out. and. By the way, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. Because if you're in me, you know that I've overcome the world. What we need to think about is not the stuff that's here. We need to think about the stuff that's eternity. We need to think about the stuff that's yet to come. My treasure's not here. My treasure's there. But my support system to help me get there is in this building right now. It's the members of the church. It's the members of a youth group. It's the member of a college group. It's the people sitting in this room that hand in hand, we can get through this together. He put this institution in place so that you and I could get together, so that we could encourage one another. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians, it tells us to encourage one another as you've been doing. Edify each other. Lift each other up. It's difficult going through life. It's not a bed of roses. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have problems. But man, isn't it nice to hear a kind word? I'm going to tell you, and I'm, he didn't know I was going to do this, I'm going to brag on Spencer. About once a week, twice a week, I get a text from him. He doesn't just send it to me. How many people do you send that to? Forty? Just a, hey brother, I hope you're having a great day. I'm going to have a prayer for you. Hey brother, what about this Bible verse? I hope it encourages you. That's awesome. Because I know I got somebody I can pick up the phone. Sure enough, last week I told him what was going on. But I know I've got somebody that's got my back. And I know I've got someone that's got my back. I know that that's somebody that takes 1 Thessalonians 5.11 to edify and encourage one another, takes it to heart, and I try to pass that along to people as well. Galatians tells us to bear one another's burdens. It's not always going to be easy. There's going to be hard times. You're going to look at each other and you're going to say, man, I have screwed up. I have messed up. And why don't you go and seek out one of your friends from the college group? Go seek out somebody that's sitting in this room and say, man, I am having a rough time. Because I can assure you there's somebody else in here having a rough time too, just like you are. But getting back together again 
you get to encourage one another. And how do we do all that? Well, simple. There's strength in numbers. As I said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were standing there. I I would like to say that their faith was strong enough that individually they would have stood up to the king the same way. But I know for a fact it's easier to stand up when the other two are standing beside you. When I was many, many years ago, I had a job where I was an on-the-road sales rep for a high-end gift company. A couple times a year I had to go to Atlanta and I had to move in basically to a hotel room for a couple weeks at a time because that's we had to go to market and I had to be there for my customers and clients. I got there and the group I was with, the, the other salespeople, the sales force with the company we worked for, comes closing time. Oh man, we gotta go, we're all going down, there's this piano bar that's down in the lobby of our hotel. We're gonna go down there, we're gonna have some drinks, we're gonna listen to the music, we're gonna sing, we're gonna have a good night. Join us. Now, here's my position. None of those people knew my family. I was in Atlanta by myself. I could have easily gone, and it would have been no big deal. My family wouldn't have known. My church family wouldn't have known because there was no connection with these people whatsoever. But I said, that's not where I need to be. And I said, I appreciate the invitation, but that's not what I do. That's not who I am. I'm going to go back to the hotel and get a good night's sleep. Okay. Well, the next morning they come in. Oh, it was, it was good. <laughs> you should have been there. Oh, we stayed up till two in the morning, and it was just, we were drinking, it was just a two-piece. We're going to do it again tonight. Why don't you come and be with us? I said, no, it's not what I do. And I stopped at McDonald's on my way back to the hotel, and I got my Big Mac meal, and I went back, and I watched TV, and I did my thing. After the third day, they stopped asking me to go. They didn't treat me any different at work. But because I stood up and said, no, that's not who I am, they got the message, and the temptation was gone. And I thank God that he was able to instill in me that even by yourself, you can do right. You should do right. But when you're with other people of like mind, oh, it's so much easier to do things that are right. My wife and I, we go out with friends from church. We'll go out and we'll eat dinner. We'll go together and we'll go do stuff. It's kind of fun because then I realize I don't have to worry about what wine we're going to drink. I don't have to worry about who's drinking too much beer. I don't have to worry about all that stuff because the numbers are there that we're all church. And that's just not who we are. It's not what we do. So there's strength in numbers. I think by my count tonight, there's 174. 
I've been trying to count since I've been up here. Three have left. Lean on each other. There's going to be a day when you need help. We all do. Lean on each other for that help. Learn to lean on each other. Come to the college program here at Valley View. Learn who these people are in this room and how you can count on them. How you should lean on each other. Because it's going to make your life so much easier with the decisions that you're going to have to face. Pray for and with each other. You know, in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, we, we, we read about the armor of God. Remember, having your loin skirt about that and your feet with the preparation of the gospel and the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. You know what I'm talking about? And the last one is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's usually where we end the reading. But if you look at it, there ain't a period there. It's a comma because there's something that comes after it. And Paul says, and pray. Pray for each other. Pray for me, he says. Pray for each other that you're able to go out and be the Christian you need to be. Folks, I am here to tell you without any doubt in my mind, there is power in prayer. And when you folks get together, if you prayed before you went to class in the morning, if you pray in the evening, if you just text each other and say, man, I've got a temptation I'm facing, pray for me. And you know that somebody's on the other end of that phone. That's awesome stuff. And finally, last, just like verse 16 and 17 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, the third chapter, I want you to become we. Because it's easier to say we're not going to do that. We're not going to be a part of that. I've got a support system behind me. I've got these young men and these young women that are in this audience tonight got my back. But most importantly, God's got my back. So we are not going to do this. We are not going to be a part of it. We are not going to do what you want us to do. If it's against God's word, stay away from it. But every one of you in here need to make that pact. If it's against God's word, we're not doing it. And then we, with the strength in numbers, can do miracles with the gospel of Christ. We got 187 people in this room tonight. Yet three more just walked in. We got 187 people in this room tonight. You talk about, talk about safety. There's congregations meeting around the world tonight that don't have 187 people in it. You got 187 college students. You guys should be able to set this place on fire. You've got the power. God's power is unlimited. And as a Christian, you've got it. And now look at the numbers. You guys can walk out of here and do anything. When I come back to visit the next time, be 268 people in here. Because God can make it happen when you get the mentality that it's we doing this. We being you and the fellow people sitting beside you and we most importantly that it's me and God. And I'm not going to hurt my God. I'm not going to do something that's going to hurt Him. 
I'm not going to do something that's going to cause Jesus to still feel those nails again. Because I become we. They've asked me to extend an invitation. And it's simply this. There may be some in here that have given up. Maybe you've stumbled. Maybe you've done things that you bowed to pressure. Maybe you've done things you're not proud of. Maybe you've done things that you know are contrary to the will of God. You've done a little bit too much with your boyfriend or girlfriend. You've done a little bit too much surfing on the internet. You've done a little bit too much whatever fill in the blanket may be that's contrary to God's word. Let's pray about that and shed that tonight. In the years that I have been in ministry, that Spencer's been in ministry, I would dare to say that there is nothing that you could say to us that would shock us. Whatever it is, get rid of it. Walk out of these doors ready to take on the world. You got enough troubles going to be facing you in school. You don't need all this stuff weighing you down. Get rid of it. Maybe tonight's the night that you've said, you know, I've, I've heard about being a Christian, but I've never taken the, the steps to get there. Believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, confessing Him before this assembly. I love when Jesus says in Matthew 10, 32, 33, He says, He who confesses me before men will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. He who denies me before men I will deny before my Father in heaven. Now, imagine this. This is my weird brain working. Brian stands up here and I say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. According to what Matthew 10.22 says, Jesus at that very moment looks over at God and says, that's Brian. I know him. He's going to be one of our children. How awesome is that? God, who created this universe, has now been spoken my name by Jesus. Boom. That's awesome. And then I'm going to make that step and I'm going to say, you know, God, my life has been screwed up. I've done things that I don't, I'm not proud of. I don't want to do them anymore. I'm going to turn away from those things, God. Help me out. That's where this support system comes in. Help me do away with those things. I don't want to live like that anymore. That's called repentance. I'm going to try to live the way you want me to live, God. Now, that's not to say we're going to be perfect. There's nobody here perfect. We're going to mess up. But God's got that covered. And then ultimately, all those sins that we're plagued, all those sins that are weighting us down, Be baptized for the remission of sins. And you'll raise up in newness of life. A new creature. 
sins washed away, being able to stand justified in front of God Almighty through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest thing that anybody could ever do in their life. See, there's not some mumbo-jumbo you have to do to become a Christian. You don't have to say a certain you know, promise or anything like that. God's made it simple. Man screws it up. But that invitation is open to anybody here tonight. That if you have a need of prayer, if you want to talk, we're here for you. But if tonight is the day of your salvation, let us know that also as we stand and as we sing.